Hello from the Oklahoma Summit on Access to Justice. I'm John Williams, the Executive Director of the Oklahoma Bar Association, your host today. And I have a really exciting panel with me here today, and I'm just going to ask them to briefly tell us who we have. And I'm going to start down at the end with Eric and tell us who you are and just a little bit about you. Thanks. I'm Eric Hallett. I'm a staff attorney at Legal Aid Services of Oklahoma. I do housing law. I'm Richard Kling. I'm an attorney. I am the director of a legal assistance program for people facing eviction at Oklahoma City University Law School. And I'm Dylan Terman. I'm a paralegal with Legal Aid, and I provide direct paraprofessional support to Eric. I'm Michael Figgins, chairperson of the Oklahoma Access to Justice Commission and executive director of Legal Aid Services of Oklahoma. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be here in Oklahoma City with each of you. And today we're talking about access to justice with some real warriors and direct participants in that process. Eric, let's start with you. Tell us about what brought you to this work and what it is that compels you to do it. What brought me to legal aid? Wow. Uh, I found myself trying to do private practice right out of law school, and I found myself sitting across the table from uh, desperate people saying, yes, I can help you get your child back for $2,500, and I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't collect the money. I had all these gifts and this experience, and I needed to use that to um, help people that weren't going to get it otherwise. So that's how I came here. And Richard, I know you've got a unique experience going on at the University, or Oklahoma City University College of Law. Tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing over there. Yeah, we uh, started a program the first part of this year. I was hired as director, and what we do is we provide pro bono legal services to people facing eviction in Oklahoma County. We don't have any income requirements or citizenship requirements. And since we've started going public, I've handled approximately 150 eviction cases in Oklahoma County FED courts since April of this year. And what's your success rate or how likely are you to keep somebody in housing when they go through your program? When you're dealing with evictions, you have to be carefully define what's a, what a win is. It's not you know up or down all the time. We have our success rate though is very high in the sense of settling cases, keeping the evictions off their record, uh, wiping out past debt, and in many many cases just flat winning the case because of habitability issues, uh, because of other contract issues in the lease. So we, I would say we have a very high success, high rate of success. That's great. And of course, Dylan, you probably are having more client interaction and are doing more direct work with clients than probably anybody else in that program. What's been your experience? Yeah, absolutely. Really, in my experience, uh, the individuals that we assist uh, have just really compassionate stories. And that's been the best part for me is to just listen to those stories and to be able to assist in any capacity that I can and relay those to Eric for him to be able to just take it all the way and address their issues and just many other tangential issues that they may have during that time that they come to us. So it's been really great. It is field work and that's what I appreciate. I'm not sitting at a desk all day. It's you're helping someone new, multiple people uh, every single day and it's great. Michael, we heard from someone else earlier today what the numbers were just in Tulsa on these housing issues and of course 
being familiar with the work that you're doing, having once been there, I know housing is a very important part of what you do at Legal Aid. What kind of resources are you putting into housing issues these days? Housing cases, which include evictions, certainly include foreclosures, probably about 35% of our total caseloads in the area of 10, 15,000. So, you know, it's approximately three to 4,000 cases. And of the people we actually interact with, another 25,000, it's probably 10,000 on top of that. So it's, it's a big deal because housing's a big deal. And, and uh, Legal Aid serves the Oklahoma now has a reputation as one of the top law firms because of people like Eric and Dylan to assist some moment evictions as well as foreclosures. So there's a lot of demand and it's just getting more and more every day. Well, we heard those numbers earlier with that. Eric, what's your typical day like at Legal Aid, the number of people you're interfacing with, uh, the number of clients that you're dealing with on any given day? Well, that, that actually changes um, day to day. Like Dylan said, he hands me those stories and then I tend to like look for those stories that really I find compelling and I latch onto and then I could spend five minutes on the phone with a client. I could spend 50 minutes on the phone with that client um, just really trying to understand what they're going through and what their barriers are and looking for solutions to their problems. Um, and so, you know, it could be that I solve their, help them solve some of their problems with one or two emails. It could be that I spend the afternoon preparing for a hearing that day or maybe I'm you know doing two or three clients and uh, or four clients in one day just you know trying to go through all those various issues it depends on who's calling um, so it just varies it sounds very much like a challenge in practice of law and no need for marketing for clients right <laughs> yeah there's no shortage of poor people yeah now Richard at your program at the Oklahoma City University College of Law Besides you, what are the resources is the law school putting into that? Well, the goal is to also start involving students, and that's what we're in the process now. It's, it's going to be great training for students to learn to, uh, how to put a case together as well as potentially to appear in court. Other than that, uh, it's, it's primarily me with uh, some, uh, some secretarial administrative type support. But your goal is you're going to move it into clinical work or clinical classes? That's one of the issues they're looking at. Obviously, the law school is looking at moving it into a clinical-type program and or also uh, just expanding what we do. They have more people like me there that can handle these cases. Uh, we get 8 to 10 calls every day uh, that, that people needing our assistance. That sounds like some pretty incredible work. Now, Dylan, you were talking about being out in the field, so... Not being at a desk, what work are you as a paralegal doing outside of the desk work? Yeah, so a lot here recently, going to the courthouse, researching various court files, um, attending court with Eric, providing trial support, um, and, you know, upcoming projects even uh, assisting with federal trials. It's um, super high-functioning, super busy at all times. And I think Eric, mine and Eric's style is uh, we sort of just take things as they come and him and I both are so versed in what we do that we're able to just roll with the punches. Well, with a large number of clients like that, it sounds like that's probably a pretty good skill set to mm -hmm. have. Michael, I know you watch numbers and trends and have been for some time here with Legal Aid. What are you seeing is going on with the housing market statewide in terms of these housing issues? Is it getting better? Is it getting worse? Are there more cases, less cases? More cases. Uh, I would translate that into getting worse. 
I think Dick and certain er Eric gave a picture of a landlord bar community that has pretty much had their way over the years and may even resent the presence of Dick and, and Eric, but that's a trend that's going to continue. So uh, right now, as I said, they have their way. They get what they want. They're able to intimidate the clients. And on the foreclosure side, it, it hasn't really subsided at all. It's not front page news anymore, but there are Oklahomans uh, losing their home uh, at a pretty high rate every year. And Oklahoma still is one of the top 10, 15 states for foreclosures. You know, I know that there's a number of studies that are out there that shows that keeping people in housing is good business. Do any of you know those studies or know those statistics that are out there showing that it's actually keeping somebody in housing is cheaper than whatever cost you have because of medical care and delivery of services for people outside of housing? What we know is that eviction is a terribly destabilizing event that destroys social networks. It removes employment and educational opportunities. It increases um, negative health outcomes, and it forces families into poorer neighborhoods. And what studies have shown is that it can take two years to financially recover from an eviction. So the opposite of eviction is definitely better for the economy than that two-year recovery that family is going to be facing. You know, our viewers can't see this, but I saw heads nodding here, and I see a lot of passion at this table about this issue. And there's been a thread through this today. And all of you are on the front lines with these issues. And before we wrap up here today, Michael, I'm going to go back to you. What do you need at Legal Aid to help fight these issues? What resources do you need to help keep people in housing? Well, I think I would ask for a recognition and acknowledgement that the status quo does not have to be the status quo, that we can do better and we can change things, that the evictions do not have to happen at the rate they are with the consequences that Eric listed. That being said, certainly more Eric's, more Dick's are needed, more Dylan's are needed, people out there advocating, uh, making new laws, correcting the behavior, changing the behavior of landlords and landlord attorneys and judges as well. It's a long process, but we're on that path, and we will achieve that goal. Dylan, do you think you're making a difference in people's lives with what you're doing? I absolutely do. I think that anyone who is willing to lend an eager ear towards uh, anyone's issues uh, is making an impact in people's lives. And Lasso is, without a doubt, making an impact in at least one person's life every single day. Richard, what about you? Absolutely. The response we get from clients, both in writing and verbally, is the same as uh, Legal Aid is talking about. I mean, they've never had people, lawyers, competent, skilled legal professionals to sit down and talk to, like all of us and our businesses have. They, we, you know, a lawyer is no big thing to us. To them, having a right to talk to Eric or me or Dylan and Michael is a powerful thing for them. And that's uh, the rewards are unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Eric, what about you? You know, I've been at Legal Aid for 10 years now, and I've represented hundreds of people and talked to thousands. And what I know is that most of the time, I don't remember people that I can see them out in public. I, I saw them for you know a few minutes here and a few minutes there while I was dealing with their problem. But uh, what it really reminded me of that is, is when I was at the um, dry cleaner the other day, right by my house, and this woman who takes my clothes, she's like, Mr. Hallett, it's so good to see you again. And I look at her like and you too and she's like remember you you helped me with my custody issue and and so she was so grateful and so thankful years later and she gave me her employee discount on uh, my dry cleaning so i know i'm making a difference yeah 
<laughs> and lawyers that aren't doing this work full time can still get the kind of gratification that you guys obviously are having here. Absolutely. The uh, I just give you an example. The other day, it's happened more than once, but it just happened this this week, and we were able to save a house for a lady. She stayed at her lease. We were able to reach a settlement, and we were out in the hallway. You know, we're pro bono. We don't charge anything. And she looked at me and she said, "Can I hug you?" And what a great statement from a client. You know how much mm -hmm. they really feel passionate about what we have done for them. Mm -hmm. Man, this is some powerful stuff. We're going to have to wrap this up, but before we do that, I want each of you to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you if they want to follow up with you. And Eric, I'm going to start down here with you. E-R-I-C dot H-A-L-L-E-T-T -T at L-A-O-K dot O-R-G. R-K-L-I-N-G-E at O-K-C-U dot E-D-U. D-T-U-R-M-A-N at L-A-O-K dot org. Michael dot Figgins, that's spelled F like in Frank, I-G-G-I-N-S at L-A-O-K dot org. This has been really exciting stuff, and I'm so glad to have you. I want to thank you for being with us today to each of our guests and to our listeners. I want to thank you for being with us. If you like what you heard today, please rate us at Apple Podcast, and we'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Uh -huh.